0: Welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am your host, Kristen Goodman. I am a certified life coach and a mother to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Did you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you'll find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, Peace and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. Hi, everyone. I'm Kristen, and you are listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast, episode 13. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Carrie Bates. She's a mother of six, a life coach, and she lives in Nevada. I have known Carrie for a few years, and I am so grateful that she was willing to come on my podcast and share a little bit about her story as she raises her beautiful family. Her kids range in age from 15 to 25. And so I think you'll really appreciate her perspective on a lot of things that we are going to discuss in this episode. So here we go. Hi, Carrie. It's so nice to have you on my podcast today. Thank you so much for being on here. Thanks.
1: I'm excited to be on here.
0: Okay. So we, I've known you for a long time and I know we've connected one or two times before this, um, way back when Jody Moore started her be bold program, her group coaching program. I remember, Mm -hmm. I think we were like one of the first ones to be on there. And then we've connected since, and I saw you on Facebook. You have a Facebook page where you go live and I saw your story and Just knowing where you were when we started coaching, you know, a few years ago and then seeing the live that you did and the experience you, the experience you've had and the growth that you've had, I thought, oh my gosh, I want to have you on my podcast and I want you to share this story with other parents because I feel like it's so important to, to help other parents see that our kids are amazing and we can love and support them no matter where they're at and kind of release a little bit of the pressure we feel when we feel responsible for all of the things that they do. So tell me a little bit about you and your story and we'll just kind of start from there.
1: Okay. Um, Okay. So like I came from a super Mormon background, right? Everybody was very, you know, everybody went on missions. Everybody was married in the temple. Everybody went to church every week you know, it was just like all of the things that you're supposed to do. And, um, and so, and then, you know, so I got married fairly young in the temple to a return missionary. And, and I started having, having kids right away. And we had, we had six kids and, and life was good and everything was wonderful and stuff. But, um, But I'd always struggled with depression. I'd always kind of fought with that. And so, and I'd always felt really guilty about fighting with that, right? Because it's the plan of happiness. You're supposed to be happy, right? And if you're not happy, you're probably wicked because wickedness was never happiness or (laughs) never was happiness, right? So, yeah,
0: I think we don't logically think that through, but underneath everything, yeah, we definitely feel that. Well,
1: that was one that I beat myself up with for for forever and ever was because if wickedness is never happiness and I'm not happy, then I must be doing something wrong. And then of course, when you think I must be doing something wrong and start looking for what it is, you find a million things that you're doing wrong every day because we're human beings, (laughs) but that just didn't occur to me at the time. But, you know, I just thought. If I was better. I would be happy.
0: Yeah. Well, and I can relate to that too. I think my thought was I'm just not doing enough. So I need to do more. I need to be more, do more, and then I'll feel better. So similar. Yeah.
1: And read my scriptures more and pray more and, you know, serve more and all of those things. So, so yeah. So I always kind of fought with that and I, and I got to a point, um, in my depression where I really felt like I needed to go on medication so, I went to the doctor and they gave me medication, but, and they kind of told me that this is just something that you'll have to take for the rest of your life, right? There wasn't any offer of you should, you should look into seeing a counselor or looking to seeing a life coach or anything like that. It was just like, here, just take this medicine, everything will be fine. And so, you know, it was kind of a roller coaster up and down with that. But then, uh, so I did that for several years. But then, um, but then, when my oldest son was, was getting ready to graduate when he was a senior in high school, actually his junior and senior years were just, were kind of tough years. My, my grandma passed away and my best friend moved away and just a bunch of things happened that, that were just, it was just kind of a bumpy couple of years. And, and I was really, really feeling just really struggling with that. And so, um, So uh, then he decided he wasn't going to serve a mission and like, that was, it really did. I don't even know how else to explain it, but it just kind of completely shattered my world. Like it was just, I'd lived in this perfect little Mormon bubble where everybody did all of the things that they were supposed to do. And here he just, he, he decided not to go. And it felt like my failure, like a hundred percent, my failure, like I didn't teach him well enough. I'm the I'm the broken link in the chain, all of those those things, right? That we didn't have family prayer enough or scripture study enough or whatever else it was that I didn't do enough. Right. And we had done all of those things, but but it wasn't perfect, of course. Yeah. And so
0: and when you're already struggling with depression or having other feelings that are making you feel bad, then something else on top of that and creates blame and shame it just makes it a lot more difficult. Yeah.
1: And it's, I mean, it, it is really so hard looking back on it because, because I, I totally made it about me, right. It was just all about my failure and my pain and my, um, my feelings. And I just a hundred percent wish I could go back and just throw my arms around him and just say, you know, I love you no matter what I love you. If you serve a mission, I love you. If you don't serve a mission, I love you. If you go to jail, it's fine, (laughs) you know, but, um, but I just wasn't, I hadn't learned that yet. Um, and, and it's interesting to think because like, that's the only way that I could learn that, right. That I could learn that I would love him no matter what he did was by him not doing the things that, that I thought I loved him for.
0: Right. Yeah. I like that you said that too, because, because right, we can't go back, even though when we yeah. do learn the, so these tools, sometimes it's like, oh, you kind of recognize ways where you could have done it better, mm-hmm. but it's not useful or helpful to think you want to go back and change it. So I love your perspective of that needed to happen that way so that you yeah. could learn. Yeah. Yeah even though, you know, like
1: I, I, I feel bad because I know that I caused him a lot of pain, but that was one of the things that I really learned from Jodi that helped so much was, was she had that concept or she, she gave us that concept of everything just happens the way it's supposed to, it happens for a reason. And, and that we are supposed to be part of our children's trials, which was really, you know, that was really important to me because, because I, I really thought that if I could be perfect, then they would never have any problems.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I know a lot of us think that, and that's why I yeah. think this episode will be so helpful because when you really think about it, I, I wanted to be that perfect mom and do everything perfectly. Yes. And then Pinterest comes and you want to be the Pinterest mom and do all of the things. <laughs> but then I thought, I started thinking, cause I have um, all girls. And I, I remember the point I reached when I kind of was struggling and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what am I, what am I doing? What's my purpose? Am I raising my girls to then do all of the things I did and then be 30 years old and not know what they're supposed to do anymore. And then I thought, okay, if I'm supposed to be this perfect mom, I'm kind of setting them up to feel like they need to be perfect too. Like they've had this perfect mom. They need to be perfect. And that just released a lot of the pressure for me too, Yes. because I thought, no, I'm not perfect. And if I yell at them and apologize later and just tell them, Hey, mom's having a bad day. It gives them permission to be the same way.
1: Yes. To have a bad day and to, and to correct that and to see you grow and and develop. And and I think that that's You know, I hope that, that my, my children have seen me change, um, because I have changed a lot and I, I hope that, that, that they have, um, that they give themselves permission to, to not be perfect, just like you said, and to, and to grow and develop as well. And so, so yeah, I mean, it would be nice if we were never the source of any of our children's pain ever, but, but it's really just not how the world works and how things are meant to be.
0: Right. Right. And it's not how it was created to be. And that's where I mm-hmm. love, I love to focus on faith and the atonement and the savior because everything is all going to work out. Yes. And so I believe that he, you know, is there for my children and for, through their experiences as well as for me. So it helps me kind of step back and allow agency to take its place and yes. for the learning and growth and however that looks is going to be just like you said the way it's supposed to.
1: Yeah. And it's supposed to be messy and it's supposed to be you know full of mistakes and full of growing and learning and oh that didn't work let's try something else kind of thing. Right.
0: Right. So I but I do think it's it's difficult because it's It's a shift from the way that a lot of us have thought before. Like, if we're responsible and we can control the outcome of our children, if we're only like doing things perfectly, I feel like then we're given too much credit for our kids, for good or for bad. Yes. And so I think that's an important thing to note, too. And that's why I'm so grateful for you sharing your story because it really helps other parents in your situation know one, having empathy and not being so judgmental and feeling like it's, Oh, their child did that, or they're making that choice. It must be the parent's fault because right. I feel like that's completely not true. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Tell me what you, what your thoughts about that are and how much of that judgment may be played in your experience at the time when you felt like everything was your fault.
1: Yeah. Well, that was, um, that was definitely a thing that I, that I thought that, that good parents had good children and, you know, and I mean, even that term, like good, like what, what, like my judgment of what good was, which at the time was everybody goes on a mission and everybody gets, goes to college and everybody gets married in the temple, that kind of thing. And, um, and so, so, you know, I just thought, well, I, I just was not that it, that it, it very much was my mistakes, that it was very much the things that I had done wrong, or they would have grown up and done those things. Right. Um, and I, and, and I wasn't allowing them any choice of their own. I really wasn't, you know, it was, it was just, it was a lot of, um, of trying to prove myself through their behavior, which is a yeah. weird thing. Yeah.
0: because and I think a lot of us, us can understand that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of pressure to put on them, right? Like to, like if they messed up, then it's, then it was, then it reflected badly on me. And that was just, that was just, I don't know. It was a lot of pressure to put on them. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And, and I think what's hard for those maybe who are listening that aren't used to these ideas or allow it's like, well, if you give your kids a choice, if you don't put this pressure on them, then all of a sudden, they're just going to not do anything or you're just not going to care. It's like that black and white, you're either You're either doing all or nothing. And that's where I love to this idea of you can still teach your children and have expectations and teach them your values, but then allow them their agency to choose. And, and I feel like when you do it that way, it creates this relationship where your children can be honest with you and Mm -hmm. honest with themselves and really figure things out on their own with your love and support. Yeah and you become that that
1: like that resource that counselor that kind of helper rather than a, you know a measuring stick or a you know yeah
0: yeah really have influence over them yeah. which you might not see in the moment and it might yeah. take time right yeah. yeah all right so just really quick to answer just a couple of questions what would you tell a mother who is struggling with her children right now who maybe is in where you were years ago?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest thing I would say is just like really notice what, like the feeling that you're parenting from, right? Because, because we're either, cause I don't, I like, I look at emotions is either being fear-based or fate or love-based right yeah like it's it's either coming from from some sort of fear or some or from love and so a lot of that I think you know that fear of judgment of other people and fear of of what might happen in the future if if they make this choice now and lots of lots of those fear things um, I think that that's, that's where I was coming from a lot of the time, fear of not being good enough, fear of them not being good enough, fear of, of, you know, everything breaking down
0: and right. And going into that future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just what I've learned is like, cause I, I think I attributed that to like the spirit, like the Holy ghost warning me. And, and I, I really have learned since that that's never how the Holy ghost works, right. The Holy, Holy ghost always feels like love.
0: Yeah, there always feels
1: like, like comfort, even when it's warning us, It still feels like, like love and, um, and compassion and, 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 you know, and it doesn't mean like, it doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen to your kids, right. That they're not going to make bad choices. If you parent out of love, but, but when we, when they make bad choices and we're afraid of those bad choices, like, okay, now everything's ruined. Like we've, you know, like, they're just going to keep making these, these bad, continue bad choices continuously. That's, that's where that's that fear is coming in. Whereas if you're just like in, in love, they can make those bad choices and and learn from them and grow from them. Right. Yeah. And say, and then that's like when when it comes in, okay, that didn't work as well as I wanted it to, or the the way I thought it would let's try something else.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's really Christ-like parenting too, because we all mess up. We all make mistakes. And I feel like the savior is there to help us along and he's not thinking, Oh, they're never going to make it that that's right. it. Like, it doesn't matter how many times we mess up. We are always able to get better and overcome.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I keep wanting to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story real okay. quick, but when, when my oldest son, when he was just a baby, we went to Bryce Canyon and I remember he was, he was just at the stage where he was crawling. So he was like really enjoying his his independence and his ability to get away from me right and um and so we're up on the edge of this canyon and there, it was a really steep cliff and i and i you know he kept fighting me like i he kept wanting me to put him down and um and i was there's just no way i was going to put him down right i was going to restrict him and and i remember thinking because because of that danger right of him falling off that cliff and i remember yeah really pondering that after and being like, okay, this is why we restrict our kids is because we don't want them, you know, they don't understand the danger and they don't want to fall over the cliff and stuff. And so, so that was always kind of my thought and putting rules and restrictions on my kids. And then, and then later, you know, when, when they did make some of those choices that I would have termed as falling off that cliff. Right. Um, I realized that, that that's what the atonement does is that it makes that not dangerous, right? Mm. The savior saves us from, from the consequences of that fall that, you know, that he, um, you know, not that I should have put my, my kid down and let him crawl over the cliff or anything like that, but that, but, but what we think is, is going to be a disastrous thing in their life anything in this life that we think is going to be completely disastrous and kill them spiritually, the savior has overcome those things and he can save us from those things. And there is no no cliff that they can fall off of that he can't he can't repair them and heal them and um, and you know bring them back to safety and 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 then they have the opportunity to learn and grow through that experience.
0: Yeah, that is so well said. I'm so glad you shared that story because that is so true. So when when your children are in the middle of those hard things to just even hold on to that hope that it's going to be okay, even if you can't believe that your child can choose to make better decisions, it's like mm-hmm. holding on to that hope that they can be okay because of what you said, because of the savior and the atonement, he mm-hmm. will soften their landing somehow. Like, we don't know how, we don't know what it'll look like but we can trust in that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. One of the things that, um, I remember learning from when I first started, um, just learning these tools with coaching, I felt like I was the only one that had these thoughts. And Mm -hmm. then as I would be in groups and listen to others, getting coached women who are just like me, moms who are just like me, Um, I was just so surprised at how many of us think the same way, or we, we think these thoughts and we just feel alone and we feel Mm -hmm. like we're the only ones. And so that's what I love about the ability to share our stories because so many people are going to resonate with this and connect with this. And if they can't, they know someone who can, and it will help them feel more empathy and less judgment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's so important to, to share our stories and to not make, you know, to not um, put on this perfect face and try to make everybody else think that we're, we're doing it right and doing it perfectly all the time, because that's just not even, it's just not even at the point, right? Right. Like, I mean, even if, if you were completely perfect, then, then I don't want to, hang around with you because, (laughs) because I can't, you know, because I, because it's not relatable. It's not, it's not, it doesn't help each other. Right. To, to put on this perfect face and to pretend to be, to have everything together.
0: It's so interesting, right? We want to be perfect and we want to just do everything right. And everyone to like us. But if you really think about it, just like you said, when you are perfect, it's like, oh, it's too hard. It's too exhausting to be around. So, yes. you know, we love being around people who are imperfect and just like us Yeah, who can be real. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Who can we can learn from and relate to and yeah, and take comfort from. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So how can we overcome feeling the need to please other people and need their approval?
1: Okay. So like when I really felt, felt the most judgment um, from other people was when, was when I was trying to prove how perfect I was, right. Was when I was trying to look like, like I had it all together and everything was, was going right. And, and then, and then I think when I was, when we got to the point where, you know, my children had made other choices and made other decisions that, And, and it wasn't like I could pretend to be this perfect Mormon mom with this perfect Mormon family anymore. And, and I kind of was able to drop that part of my persona. It was just, it, it, I just felt so much more love and support from the other members of the church, right. From other families and mothers in the church. And so the thing is, is I think that that was, um, that was probably there all along. I think that they probably felt that for me all along, but I couldn't feel it because I had this, because I was hiding behind this wall of like, we're, you know, we're pretending to be all perfect and stuff. And so, yeah. um, and I think that, you know, because like now when I look at other people that are struggling with things, it's so easy for me to want to reach out to them and to love them and accept them. And and to support them in any way that I can, it's so easy for me to feel that for them. And I think that there were probably people that felt that way about me, but but I couldn't feel it from them because I was I was kind of hiding behind that wall. And so, so I think just dropping that that picture of perfection that um, need to be seen as something. I think when we, when we're able to, to let go of that and, and set that down, then that's when we can feel that that's when we can feel, uh, the love and support from, from other people in the ward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I love that you mentioned that. And I, I can relate to that in my own life. Like once you drop the judgment of yourself, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just an amazing thing to, to know you don't You don't judge other people either. Or when you are judging yourself harshly, it's often because you're judging other people too. So when you stop having that judgment or that fear of being judged, then you do have a greater capacity to feel love for everyone.
1: Yeah, and it's fascinating because it's like it's like when you're judging yourself, because I mean there are there are probably people around that are judging you, but when we're when we're self judging then it's, it's so much easier to see all of those people. And then when we drop that, then, then it's easier to, I mean, it's easier to not make that mean a whole lot, right? If they're judging me and it just, it means something about them. It doesn't really actually mean anything about me.
0: Yeah. Right. And they can judge you and you can still love them. Yeah. And it doesn't, and it doesn't hurt as much because
1: I'm not judging me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to believe whatever it is that they're thinking, you know, the truth, or, you know, how you, you know, how you feel about you and how Mm -hmm. they feel about you is, is right. Like you said, all about them. So I love the idea that people can judge you and they will, but you can just love them anyway. Yes. And yeah. So one thing I wanted to touch on, um, because I know that there are other parents out there that are in the middle of the struggle with their teenagers or with their adult children. And sometimes life, does not go the way we wanted it to go either for us or for our kids. And we have this vision of how we want their life to turn out and the way that we think they'll be the happiest. And, and so it's okay when it doesn't go that way to be sad about it. And I love the idea of the clean pain and the dirty pain, because it does hurt mm. when you're going through it and you're in the middle of it. And the clean pain is the grieving of this is not the life that I wanted for my child or this isn't the way that I thought it would look like when something happens that we didn't want. Um, but then the dirty pain kind of what we've discussed is this, it's my fault. I should have done a better job. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Well, like the thing that comes to mind, I, I have a dear sweet friend that, um, she has children that are the same ages as my children are and they, went on missions and got married in the temple and did all of the things that, that I, that I thought I wanted my children to do. And I thought that that was going to be the, the, the way that our life looked. And, and sometimes when I look at their family, it like there, there is a little bit of pain there, right? There is a little bit of, oh, that's, that's what I thought I wanted, Right. Yeah. And, and it did, it took me some time to kind of let go of that, to kind of let go of, of, okay, our life is going to look different, but, but also I love where we are now. I love, um, I love listening to different perspectives from my kids and I love seeing the good that they do and the good that they are even even though it's not the good that I, that I had expected them to be. And so, so yeah, a lot of that, I mean, it was a process of, of dropping that, that shame and that um, I did it wrong. They're doing it wrong. All of those kinds of feelings, but, and I think that there's still a part of me that, that kind of still, um, get stuck in that from time to time. Um, and, and there may always be right that, that things just don't work out the way that we want to. And sometimes that's, that's, that's a little sad for us or whatever, but, but I think, and I think that that's, that's clean pain. I think that that's just noticing, oh, this is what I thought I wanted and, and kind of letting that go. It's okay. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, staying stuck in that, that shame and that this isn't the way it's supposed to be and everything's gone wrong and, um, we're never going to be able to fix this and life isn't going to be good again because, because these things have, have gone terribly wrong. That's just, it's just not useful and it's not, and it just kind of keeps you stuck. It just keeps you buried in the, you know, um, noticing the good going forward. And because there is so much good going forward. And the things that you've learned and the ways that you've grown. Um, you know, this this life wasn't ever supposed to be about not experiencing any kind of pain, or you know, we just wouldn't have grown. Right. We wouldn't have learned anything, it would have right. been wasted. Yeah.
0: So. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know this will be helpful for so many. And, um, right. It's like, we're just human and this is life and it's supposed to be real and there's good. And then there's bad with it. And so I really appreciate you sharing your real side and the human side of everything. And then to be the example to us of there's still so much good. Yeah. right?
1: Oh, so much good. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and even better You know, we can still think of ways that it will be even better than the way that you thought it would be.
1: Right. That's where your growth is. So, yeah. Sorry if that's bad news for anybody.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Carrie, for sharing your story and for being on this podcast. It's really going to help so many listeners, I think, no matter where they're at in their parenting, to relate to your story in some way and learn. And learn from you. So tell us where people can find you. So if they want to hear more of your story, they want to because you're a coach now and you've certified. Mm -hmm. Where can they go to get more from you?
1: Well, I just barely finished certification, just um, just actually the beginning of this month. So um, awesome. Congratulations. I know. (laughs) I know it was, it's been really fun. It's a big deal. Yeah. Loved it. But um yeah. So I'm just kind of starting out, but they can find me on Instagram or on Facebook. I'm on both of those places and I'm trying to be more consistent about posting. Um, if they wanted to reach out and, and ask any questions, they're welcome to direct message me at either of those places. I'm just Carrie Bates, um, K-A-R-I-B-A-T-E-S on, um, on both of those platforms. So.
0: Okay, perfect. And I will put those links in our show notes too. So they can find it easily.
1: Thank you for letting me be on this. This was fun.
0: Oh, I love talking to you. It was so nice to see you face-to-face and talk to you today. So thank you for being here.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks, Carrie. All
1: right. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the parenting in the middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my most requested training is available to you right now for free. Grab my how to avoid a power struggle with your teen over on my website, kristengoodmancoaching.com. Simply click on the here's how button and you'll be in. Interested in working with me one-on-one? I've got a four-week intro course to self-coaching that you won't want to miss. Find more info at kristengoodmancoaching.com forward slash self-coaching mastery. Thanks again for listening. Remember, you are the best parent for your teen. Talk to you soon.